welcome to Phenomenon, a paranormal podcast. Don't fear the unknown. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Nice to be back. This is Anthony. And I'm Christina. And welcome to Phenomenon, a paranormal podcast. It's uh, been quite a bit since we uploaded, and we apologize for that. We're hoping to get back into the swing of things soon. Uh, But we wanted to come and upload this episode for kind of an open discussion today. Yeah, and we, you know, love to always hear your thoughts on things too, because obviously these are our opinions in a case like today's episode, where we're going to be talking about... um, Hollywood paranormal investigations um, and shows versus the reality of real paranormal investigation and, yeah. and how things go and, and how the Hollywood version might affect people's perspective on the paranormal in general. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, what the majority of, of people see and think it's all about is not necessarily what real paranormal investigators go through. And, yeah. And so, what do you? What are your thoughts, Anthony, to start us off? Well, to begin with, I, I want to put out there right away that I don't have anything against Hollywood paranormal as a whole. Um, my problem only stems from the fact that it's set up to make the public believe that this is true, legitimate paranormal investigation. Right. Um, if it was, like, let's say, um, a James Wan horror film. Like the Insidious franchise, um, one of my favorite horror movies. I love those movies; they're very entertaining. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't necessarily want the public to think that this is something we should base reality on. Right. Um, I don't want the public to go out there thinking that, you know, people are really going to be tossed around around the room like a rag doll and pinned to walls and stuff. Because that is not like 99.9999% of hauntings is not like that at all. Demons hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, you know, <laughs> this giant red horn hooved people. Yeah. I mean, it's just that that doesn't happen. No. Um it's very rare that, you know, it's that you can even get evidence in a single night. Yeah. Um most most evidence comes from days and days of working a case. Right. Um so that, that's my initial thought, just to start off with. Like, I, I I think they're good for entertainment purposes, but there needs to be a point where we can separate the entertainment aspect of it from the reality of what the paranormal is. Right. I, I agree. And, you know, just thinking about the demon scenario in those movies, um, you know, let's just talk about demons in paranormal investigation, shall we? Yeah. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves and when I'm watching any of the paranormal shows really lately it seems is that you know right away if some if let's say whether it's a homeowner or um, a, a business that they go to whatever it may be the people reporting that you know oh you know there's something dark and malevolent here and uh-huh. you know someone got scratched or whatever it may be right away it's up oh, demon Yep. Demonic, demonic possession, demonic energies, um, you know, malevolent evil spirits. Cupboards are slammed open. Oh, it must be demon related. It has to be a demon. You dark, know, dark evil presence. I heard a voice in the other room. Uh, demon. Yep. Demon. And it's not just the people themselves that, like, the people who are scared or what have you of whatever paranormal activity is happening, um, but the shows really, you know, heavily go in the demon zone because i mean ratings right yeah it draws people in draws people in let's keep everybody scared of paranormal activity Mm -hmm. that's the second thing that drives me crazy um but you know my feelings on demons may not be everyone's feelings on demons Mm -hmm. um i you know i'm not a big believer in that um and in the sense that it's the whole you know god versus the devil and all of that Mm -hmm. um we you respect know. everyone's belief system. Sure. Feel free to believe what you believe in your personal religious um, belief system. Right. We just, however, are not religious in that sense. We, right. we just not. We are definitely paranormal enthusiasts, so we don't think like that 
we just die and that's it. Yeah. But we also don't subscribe to, you know, human organizations as far as belief systems. Right. So when it comes to demons, uh, there's a, a psychic medium slash re- researcher named Michelle Bellinger, um, who I, I respect a lot. She seems like one of the more legitimate, um, down-to-earth psychic mediums out there right. in the public eye. Um, and, you know, the, I haven't read the entire book, but she actually approaches demons from a different perspective. calls them daemons. Right. Which is a old English, I pre- believe, pronunciation of the um, word. Um, but daemons doesn't necessarily mean evil, clawed, <laughs> horned, demonic beings. Right. That are going to drag a person to hell. Exactly. They, go, more, they, they predate all that yeah, God and the devil stuff. I mean, it could... I mean, most of it is mostly just a way to describe non-human entities. Right. But I think that's one of the big perceptions, even in Hollywood, with any Hollywood production, whether it be sci-fi, horror, what have you. right. Human nature is to distrust the unknown. Right. Human nature is to um, see something that isn't human and be fearful of it. Um, Anytime there's an alien movie, usually it's they're invading. And they're here to take us over. Right, And course. kill us all. Yeah. Uh, same with robots. Same with ghosts. Monsters. They're always attacking. Mm-hmm. They're always malicious or evil. Yeah. Because that's that's classic storytelling devices, you know? And again, for entertainment purposes, that makes sense. But the problem comes when people start to take those ideas and bleed it into their own reality. Yeah. I've seen so many videos of people refusing to even take their kids to Adam's family the animated movie (laughs) because they are convinced that there are demonic forces hidden within the subtext of these films and it's an animated film and everyone who knows the Addams Family knows it's a you know a light horror uh, based show right Um, but it's more of a commentary on the American family as a whole it's not supposed to be um, literate or literal in, in that sense right so but, you know, we it's it's like anything though. Um, you know, satanic panic, you know, that's mm-hmm. it it's something that won't ever go away, I don't think, because you know, obviously religious organizations are way too strong mm-hmm. and they're gonna be around forever. Yep. And so, you know, when you look at something that they think is which I still like I can't wrap my head around, okay, paranormal activity, oh, it's evil mm-hmm. all the time. Um, you know, we we do watch a lot of paranormal shows mm-hmm. a lot of times we'll watch almost to laugh at mm-hmm. the investigative uh, styles yeah. of certain people um, you know there's only a handful <laughs> of investigators I've seen on a national television uh, platform that I truly respect right that I think that they have the technique down almost pat mm-hmm. they, there's still a little corniness in them they have, there, there has to there be. has to be a little cheese because that's that's they're going through a network. Yeah. Unless you're like the Hellier team who does it independently with their own money. Right. Uh, you're gonna have to kind of give up a little bit of that. So you're gonna have the creepy music playing in the background, or the sh- the sudden cutscenes, or the reenactments. Yeah, it's not gonna be like a true investigation because you know the network dictates you know what they think the majority of people want to see. Which is they want to be scared. Yeah. You know, and don't get me wrong, I love to be scared. I love scary movies, all of that. I'm a big horror fan. But the thing is, you know, these investigations are supposed to be like real life stuff. And, you know, I, I don't, I'm not afraid of paranormal activity. It's, you know, when we look at paranormal activity, we're thinking about, you know, people who have passed away. Um, you know, we've talked before on our podcast about the collective consciousness. And if, you know, these people's energies are out there and their their ability to connect with us after the fact, mm-hmm. whether it's our own loved ones or, or everyone's loved ones that, you know, we do spirit box sessions and, you know, you can't control who's coming through. No. You know, you can't say you know, wherever you are, even if you go to a location and, you know... This always happens on the shows too. You know, they name their ghosts there, and they they just know which ghosts are there. Mm-hmm. And oh well, it's got to be this person, and that's not really how it works, especially on an investigation where oh well, you ask for you know 
John Doe, who's supposed to be a ghost here to contact you, and that's the one who comes through and he's mm-hmm. talking to you. It doesn't always work that the way. The narrative rarely fits that perfectly. It takes a mm-hmm. lot of research. Oh, yeah. A lot of study. And there's a lot of re- preconceived notions about hauntings itself. Yeah. That they don't really explore in the show because it's not neat enough. Right. You know? Right, exactly. Um, like, for example, this concept that all the ghosts in a specific haunting had to have died on the property. That are on the land or what have you. Yep. Um, very, very few shows explore the idea that ghosts wander. Right. They, they can come from all over the place. We've had investigations in, in our old California home mm-hmm. where a, a murder victim from Wisconsin from right. a case came over. Right. We didn't ask for it to happen. They no. came over and we didn't know who they were at first. They told us their name. Right. And we had to research who they were before we could put a name or a face to them. Right. And that's not something we sought after. That's right. They came to us. Yeah, we also had situations there where um, there we knew that there was a house that was down the street and around the corner mm-hmm. where there had been two murders six months apart of people within the same family. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we knew that uh, and, you know that wasn't in our home or on our property Mm -hmm. and we still had that scenario come through during an investigation where it actually we could hear one of the murders playing out Mm -hmm. um gunshot and all Mm -hmm. so you know things like that i mean when i say you can't really control what's coming through you know if you ever would sit down in a real spirit box session when i say real Mm -hmm. You know, many of the shows they they have, uh, and they do this too, these, you know, a lot of gadgets that they employ, whether it's like a Phasma box Mm -hmm. or what they call a ghost box or any of these things that have all the echoey background stuff added and... and Very edited. Very heavily, um, you know, word banks that they pull from and things like that. Now... I'm not saying all word bank things are, you know, not good to use on investigation, but if what's the one echo Vox is another one I think it's called or some echo phone. Um, Um, But there's an app. I can't remember what it's called. (laughs) Yeah. That was very echoey and very reverb and all this stuff. And you can add and change different effects on it. It almost sounds like you're, if you're in a scary movie and they're going, Walter. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's all, all for effect, in other yeah. words. Rather than using, like, a, an old school, like, SB7 spirit box where you're listening to mostly static until the words break through here and there. And even beyond that, doing an Estes method session using mm-hmm. a real spirit box. Um, if you ever have done that, you know, what's coming through is what's coming through. There's no control over it. Yeah. You can try and connect with people. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that works and other times, you know, people you'd love to talk to unexpectedly will pop in. Mm -hmm. It's not about controlling any of it and whatever's just on your property, because if it's their energy that's out there, I mean, they could be coming from anywhere. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the other thing too, that I noticed too, is, and if you watch any paranormal show, there's two types of hauntings they mention, and then they're the only two types of haunting that it can be happening. Right. Residual or intelligent. Right. Those two hauntings do exist. There's been evidence of it. But they're not the only two types of paranormal activity that can be happening in a person's home. Right. We've discussed some of them on the podcast before. Thought form hauntings um, or egregores, whatever you want to call them. Um which I think is a way bigger piece. I think that happens way more often than people even realize. Right. Especially at very famous haunted locations mm-hmm. with very specific individuals that people identify. Right. Especially the classic lady in white or lady in black. Oh my gosh, can I? Can, can we just talk about that? Okay. <laughs> this is another one of my biggest pet peeves. Yes, we talk, joke about this all the time. <laughs> Every time you're watching a show, especially if it's in like a, an old, old home or location... Um, we see a lady in white, mm-hmm. a lady in period clothing. Mm-hmm. She's always in Victorian period clothing. We have a 
Yeah, the lady in white or the lady in black? Where are all the people who have died in the last, like, 50 years? Were those the only colors anybody wore? Yeah. Is there not somebody with a Nirvana t-shirt? Yeah. Out there, you know, walking around. Some bands. Yeah, you know? I mean, but I'm telling you, every time, we, oh, yeah, we, it's always a little girl. Uh-huh. Who died? Yeah. Who's running around giggling and stuff? Or it is the lady in period clothing? Yeah. Uh, and if it's a man, the man is always very tall with a hat. And very menacing. Every time. And in the little kid, it's usually a little girl, and she always fell. She always fell to her death. And then when they're tell telling you about it, you, they have the background little um, audio that goes, ah! ah! Like, you hear yeah. her falling to her death. Yeah, you're just missing the Looney Tunes effect that goes, <laughs> the at the end. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's very Hollywood, very oh produced. I'm telling you. But, again, that, that's what I'm talking about with platform hauntings. When you have a, a location where a lot of people come and they're told about the paranormal activity, there are so many people who hear this story mm -hmm. and they start to think about it and they start to believe that it's real. Yeah. That there's that's a lot of energy being fed to the point where they put these entities probably do become real. Right. But they might not have been real to begin with. Exactly. There, there's a very famous case of it at the Queen Mary. Yep. Um, very famous story of a little girl seen in the pool area. Drowned in the pool. Who drowned in the pool, supposedly. But research has shown that there was never a little girl who drowned in that pool. And yet, there is video evidence of a little girl being seen in the pool area right. by investigators. It's It's been caught on camera um, <laughs> by two of the members of Grant um, Wilson's... Um, investigative team from the second iteration of Ghost Hunters. Right. The best um, one. Mustafa and what's his name? Uh, Brandon Alvis. Yes. Yeah. Um, they caught it right. on uh, on the Queen Mary and they caught this little girl entity. Right. She exists now. Yeah. But she didn't, she probably never existed in life. Well, you know, you know, you know the, the energy that that many people who come, mm -hmm. um, hence the thought form, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, it's another example. Like I think you've got things like that, that happen at the Stanley hotel, mm -hmm. I'm sure. But another one that um, sticks out to me is Waverly Hills, the yes. little boy, Timmy. Yes. Okay. Everyone talks about Timmy at Waverly Hills and you, everyone brings a ball because Timmy likes to play with balls. Even and the new curse who we, we love, they brought a balloon, a balloon with a light inside of it. That, well, yeah, they did that. They stepped it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And it definitely was moved. It was oh, definitely yeah. being dragged around, not even just along one floor. It was right. dragged through a hole to the nether floor below them. Exactly. And so it happened. It, it definitely did. But, but that's the thing. It's like enough people think about this particular, excuse me, legend. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's going <clears> to <throat> come to fruition eventually. Yeah. You know, that's a lot of energy. And, and we've experienced a place mm -hmm. that, you know, fear energy I think it is something really interesting because we have it's investigated it. a place near it. and dear to our hearts. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Not only because of the location, but the people who run it are really great and they're good friends of ours after all the investigating we've done there. And, Absolutely. Um, you know, the All Saints Lunatic Asylum and right. um, it's a haunted attraction in Apple Valley, California. Right. If you guys are ever passing through, we highly recommend you check it out during their season. Absolutely. Especially um, if you're on the way to Vegas. Apple Valley is on the way mm -hmm. from <coughs> California to Vegas. Excuse my throat today, everybody. I've been sick. <laughs> yeah. But it's a nice pit stop during the haunting season. Mm -hmm. To go through their attraction is great. But we can also testify the fact that the location is actually haunted. And it's, it's gotten intense, more even more intense since we've left. Because we haven't been able to go back to investigate because now we're in a different part of the country. But um, we get we still talk to them on a regular basis. And they, they show us that and when they lock up at night, you know, they lock up at night. And they have security cameras running 24-7. Oh, yeah. And... They in the especially if you ever watched our our investigations the chapel the chapel the chapel very active place yeah we, and we had a lot of evidence mm -hmm. there absolutely um, but now it's gotten to the point where the security cameras are being triggered mm -hmm. in the chapel constantly they had it, to turn the cameras off recently because yeah. it was being triggered so much during the middle of the night mm -hmm. that it kept waking them up at home yeah because the the thing about it is it's motion activated yeah and it's okay. only supposed to be activated when people are walking through for the mm -hmm. hunt absolutely. So, so, and they have 
mannequins stationed in various spots in the chapel. Mm -hmm. You could see them during our investigation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they've been there forever. And it's yeah. never been triggered like this. No. Um, so, something's moving. Amongst the, the mannequins exactly, in the chapel. Exactly, in the middle of the night to where they had to shut that off. They, should, they even came in one day, and one of the mannequins who's always been in the same spot was moved into the middle of the aisle of the chapel mm -hmm. as if it were walking down the middle of the aisle. We're so, one of three teams that had gotten the pleasure of investigating there. Yeah. And if you watch our video or any of the other investigators who have been there, their YouTube channels, yeah. um, they have all had a lot of activity in the chapel. All very and the similar nursery. too. Um, yeah. And the, the chapel, there's a coffin in there that actually has uh, was once used by a person um who passed away right and that is where we've heard knocking we've mm -hmm. heard a lot of knocking noises other teams have heard knocking coming from there right um a lot of knocking on the walls a lot of voices there's movement. a whole lot of knocking on the walls and voices yeah um, the we had our last investigation there was in the chapel mm -hmm. and we had our k2 meter for EMF set up uh, right next to the coffin yeah. and just kind of left it sitting there as we were doing other types of investigating. And we had a camera that was pointed toward what they call the dark hallway, which is one of the most ominous hallways I've been down in my life. Yeah. It is very dark and very heavy feeling and they see a lot of activity in that hallway. So we had our camera pointed that way and just had like part of the K2 was kind of in the shot because it was sitting there. Yeah. And we didn't realize till later going through footage that the K2 next to the coffin was just going crazy Yeah. for like a very long period of time. And, and the power was cut right that room because we wanted to make sure there was no electrical interference of any right. kind yeah during the investigation because we we know that you know that could easily trigger that right so yeah. any no there were no animatronics nearby there is no power outlets nothing it yeah. was completely it's supposed to be a dead zone right and it was going nuts yeah it was, it was a very active night and my reason for bringing up all saints is because it, you know it goes to what we're talking about with thought form <clears throat> this is a place that sees a tremendous amount of um, people traffic coming through that are all scared very very scared because, and purposely right they do a very scary haunt yeah so they i mean they have people that um have not made it to the bathroom because mm -hmm. they've peed themselves mm -hmm. out of fear yeah. um and so you know there's a lot of that sort of fear constantly going through this building and a lot of stories that kind of go along with the hunt so you know there's you know stories about well because all of their props they get from auctions from places like an old world war ii hospital mm -hmm. the chapel itself came from a mortuary where they were breaking down the whole building and so the pews from the chapel the woodwork yeah. a stained glass window all came from the mortuary part of this chapel mm -hmm. the coffin you know so they even have this auction you know you just don't buy one piece you buy the whole thing and they have all the death records of people that were processed in the mortuary and belongings and things like mm -hmm. that and people who died um they they get their stuff very authentically at this haunt so yeah. i think all of that fear energy it just gets built up and and it's you know constantly creating this haunt mm -hmm. uh, after hours and when we first investigated it was during the covid years mm -hmm. when you know after 2020 and they weren't able to operate for you know over a year yeah and when we came in it was like things were very restless mm -hmm. they wanted to be heard right they didn't have all those people coming through to the point where we heard a woman speaking <coughs> out in the hallway we thought one of the mm -hmm. people who were in the building had come to come talk to us right there was no one there no they, it was very very audible very and you clear. heard it in the investigation and, right um you know like you said a lot of banging on the walls a lot of uh, noises like that um but you know there's on the property itself we found no history of like actual deaths in the building no that we saw um no. and yet you know there's there's been sightings of a little girl there's been sightings of a woman and a man and you know a lot of people thought that 
um, it was another cast member. Right. When they saw him, people who go went through the hunt would say, you know, who was the little girl? She was so creepy. Oh yeah. And they'd be like, what little girl? You know, there's no little girl in the exactly, cast. Exactly right. Um, they have a shadow figure, a black mass mm-hmm. that is seen regularly in the dark hallway. Yeah. Um, so it it just you know it's another type of haunting that I think isn't considered mm-hmm. as much, especially in you know reality paranormal TV. Oh yeah. You know, is you know looking at that aspect, ex- except for people like you said, the Newkirks. You know, the mm-hmm. Hellier team. Newkirks, um, um, Greg or uh, Amy and Adam, right? And Kindred Spirits, right? Um, a lot better at it than most of the other investigative teams that we've seen. Right. Um, do a great job of due diligence in that arena. I've seen it like maybe one or two cases of their show, right? Where they dealt with some haunting that was kind of conjured right not really had existed before the there was some like zombie boy or something like that was one yeah, of their episodes something like that yeah or some people thought there was like a zombie looking kid there and it turned out that there never was a kid who had died there like right that. right um but, well you know they talk about stuff like the creepers and in mm-hmm. these old buildings that people see yeah you know it's um our minds are very powerful more powerful than people realize yeah uh, and they are you know, electric energy mm-hmm. um so you know what we can't see we create with our minds you know we can also you know it's kind of like the rake that we've talked about before mm-hmm. you know these beings that don't exist in reality that can maybe somehow come to life and that's the thing too that we're not even <laughs> saying that they aren't real it's that they didn't exist before we began believing they were real right um but you know it doesn't mean that they're not real to an extent now Exactly. Um, you know, we can get into the whole thing of even like things like Santa Claus. <laughs> you know, we joke around, you know, but that's we tell our kids about Santa for years and they have that belief for so long. That's a lot of energy in the, around the world to be built up. Yeah. Uh, to the point where investigators have done seances and had contact with something calling itself Santa. Right. You know? Is it real is there really a jolly man who goes around the world delivering presents? No. No. But there's an energy left over that's been built up to the point where there's now some sort of energy, some sort of psychic being out there. I believe they are. That believes they are Santa Claus and has that, that energy being fed to them constantly. Yeah. Um, and that's, again, that's one other type of haunting, but there's so many other, other things it could be because we're not discounting the fact that there are other things out there. Like we talked about daemons. Um, those are non-human entities. There's so many different things they could be. Right. Um, whether well, it's, you know, we're talking about ultra-terrestrial aspects of it. Right. Um, you know, when people use a device called the Frank's Box, which is a really advanced spirit box. Yeah. Um, at Waverly Hills, the New Kirks con- got in contact with something called Harlow. Right. Who called itself an intergalactic vampire. Right. Um, definitely out there. Now, is it really an intergalactic vampire? Probably not. But it's some sort of higher intelligence that definitely is not attached to Waverly itself. When I when I go, I'm gonna make something up that I am out there and contact people. Right. What else am I gonna have to do? I know, right? Right. <laughs> so. so I mean, there's also the concept of um, time slips. Yes. Can people be seeing people who really exist, but they're looking at them in the past? I mean, I know when I was growing up and as a teenager in North Carolina. There would be times where I'd have the house to myself, and I would hear my mom and sister having a conversation upstairs. Yeah. But they weren't there. They were somewhere else. Nope. And I would call them on the phone, and they were definitely not there. Uh, but I was hearing them clear as day having a conversation. Well, that's, you know, I, I've heard that a lot lately, too. You know, I'll see people who, you know, tell their stories, you know, whether it be on TikTok or what have you. Yeah. About, you know, hearing a loved one's voice in the house and, mm-hmm. like, really trying to talk to them. Yeah. And those people aren't dead, mm-hmm. but they're also not home. Yeah. So, you know, it goes to, you know, is our, it, to, to sort of the residual thing. Mm-hmm. Are we imprinting on our environment, yeah. on our home or what have you, in real time? And, you know, can that come back, even if we're not dead, can it present itself? Yeah. You know, um, I think poltergeist type hauntings mm-hmm. you know you see this so much on television of you know at, there's so many tropes mm-hmm. you know one of my favorites is you know videos where 
all of the cupboards and drawers in the kitchen suddenly open at the same time, right? Yep. Ever since Paranormal Activity 2, was it? Yep. And that big jump scare happened. Oh my gosh. Every other person that you see has a video of that happening in their house. Something on the counter goes flying off. <laughs> yes. Chairs are being dragged around. I mean, it's, yeah. it's all very cliche now. Right. And, and poltergeist activity. Not that it doesn't happen, but it's a little bit more rare. Very, a lot more think. nuance than that. A little more subtle. Right. I mean, not to say that things don't get knocked over or thrown around, but... I mean, it takes a lot of energy that I've seen for... Yeah, I'm amazed that when a uh, doorknob turns... Oh, yeah. If that happens, that's that's exciting to me. Even right. though it doesn't seem very exciting, I know how much energy it takes just for a spirit to come through on the spirit box, let alone to actually physically manifest and interact with the world. Absolutely. Um, so... So, you know, how many... My thought always is, how many spirits are in that kitchen? Mm -hmm. Did everyone pull up? Are they going, okay, ready? Wait, one, one, two, two three, they, and then it's pull. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I know, it's, it's a, little, a little ridiculous. Um, it is, but... You know, but it's, again, another classic thing that it makes for television. Of course. But, you know, again, that's why we're discussing this today, because there, there needs to be a discussion about, you know, how can we enjoy the Hollywood... Hollywood shenanigans that exist right now for their entertainment purposes without sacrificing what the reality of paranormal is so that we don't constantly have this fear state in our world. Yeah, we do. I mean, for sure. between, you know, or people, a person's organized religion belief system and what Hollywood feeds us, there's a constant state of fear. Yeah. I mean, even let's talk about, you know, the concept of portals. No. I am not discounting that portals could exist at all. I think that portals could very well... I believe in certain areas of the world being a little thinner in reality to where certain things can come and go. The problem is that every time the concept of portals is brought up on a television show, mm -hmm. it's to hell. Absolutely. It's to a, an evil, dark realm of some sort where only evil entities can come through, yes. where malicious entities can come through. And that just is such a defeating fearful state for us to all to have to live in constantly and that fear is feeding into the concept of creating a negative interaction mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know if you believe that a demon is coming through a portal in your basement you're gonna have a demonic entity interaction right because that's the expectation that you've been fed right and that's the energy that you are in turn exuding into the environment and again, we as we've discussed earlier, our minds are so powerful, we are leaving footprints or mind prints, whatever you want to call them, constantly on our environment. Right. So, does a demon really exist there? Personally, no, I don't think so. But if your mind is telling you that there's a demon there, and your family starts to believe there's a demon there, and this fear starts to build up over time, and it grows and festers and matures then something thinking that it's a demon is going to be there. It's kind of Absolutely. like the Dybbuk box. We, we did an episode, and again, we, we won't get into all the details. You can go watch or listen to our earlier podcast episode about the Dybbuk box. But in essence, the, the original Dybbuk box was confirmed to be fake, the, the guy who created it. And yet so many people still perpetuate that Dybbuk boxes are real. Exactly. And there are demons inside of him. The, um, the team behind somebody him. posted... That they bought a Dibbit box on the internet. Mm -hmm. Don't open it. Yep. All the comments. Don't open it because it's got to be real, right? There's a, there's, I mean, you'll, again, <coughs> listen to the whole podcast, but basically there's a guy who had a Dibbit box who the YouTube well, channel Haunt Me had on. Right. And they collaborated with the Newkirks to try, because the Newkirks are very well versed with haunted objects and were asked to come investigate it. And turned out that inside of the Dibbit box was very modern things. Nothing old, nothing haunted. And there was... The the haunting surrounding the demon was not a demon itself. It was the idea of a demon. And when they stopped treating it like a demon, the activity died down. Right. It's because the, the box was treated with such fear and such disdain that the energy built up around it thought that it was supposed to be a demon. It was supposed to be malicious with ill intent. Right. Um, but it wasn't real. It was what, what the expectation was Div from the person. Divic boxes never were anything. No. There was no, nothing based in factual history that back in 
and the day that that's what they did and they trapped these entities and all this this was totally made up by the guy who got this wine cabinet mm -hmm. at an auction and he wanted to sell it and he did this big ebay post, um, post yeah. where he made up this whole story yeah and now everyone thinks that if you find a box or get a box it's a different box yep and yeah. Just as, let's just say I'm not an expert. I, I would definitely leave this to anyone who's more well-versed in the Jewish mythology. But from what research I was able to do for the Dibbit Box episode, the word Dibbit doesn't even mean demon. No. It means the restless soul of a person. Right. And a pers but it is of a person. Right. A wandering spirit of some sort. But it's not a, an evil, entity. demonic, otherworldly entity. Right. But that's just one example. But again, talking about portals, portals don't always have to mean that it goes or comes from an evil place. I, I, per, per, or, I believe in parallel realities or the multiverse. I believe that there are other realities much like our own that exist, one on top of the other. Um, so when we talk about the concept of portals, is it necessarily a portal to some evil realm? Or could it be, a, you know, a, a realm of the Fae? Could it be a realm much like our own, where we're getting a glimpse of what our life could be like if we had made one different decision? Um, there's so many possibilities. Right. It, and possibilities are too endless for us to sit there and live in a constant state of fear of something that it most likely isn't. Fear, fear is what drives the ratings for these shows. Mm -hmm. And when you're talking about a portal to hell let's say we talked about all saints earlier mm -hmm. they only allow certain paranormal teams to come there mm -hmm. because they don't want it treated like some of these shows treat it mm -hmm. and before we came there they had had a call from a very famous ghost show yeah we won't name it because we don't we're not here to name drop anyone um, um bear with me mm -hmm. i'm not going to say the name but i will say that this same person owns a haunted museum as well mm -hmm. and it might be in vegas okay yeah um but anyway this, won't say who it is though no no <laughs> but they're notorious for their over dramatic everything's evil mm -hmm. show and um they actually contacted all saints and said they wanted to go there and they're like and we're gonna say that your place is a port of hell mm -hmm. need no basis in facts or reality no but that's where they wanted to go with it and run with it like it was some evil place that's a portal to hell. Yeah. And the owner said no. I don't, you know, they're, I mean, this is a very famous show to turn down. Mm -hmm. And they said no, you know, that's not what this is about, you know. If they had done it just for attention. <clears throat> right. And they wanted it just because they wanted to cash in on it. Yeah. They probably would have gone with it, but they actually respect the, the paranormal activity that's happening there and, the, and, and their the and their business and, and whatever yeah they want they want it to be treated with the authenticity it deserves and that's why right. we were so honored that they considered us exactly uh because we don't have the same clout that this person that we not definitely are not going to name yeah has he has a lot of clout yep but um they they prefer to keep it to you know investigative teams that actually really want to see what's happening there and not put a label on it before they even begin. Yeah. So people that they can relate to. And, and, you know, they could have gone on this huge show and then everyone who's anyone would have known of their location and they mm -hmm. probably would have, you know, had lots of traffic and all this. But I, I totally respect the fact that they turned that down. So the whole Port of Hell scenario is, you know, it's all just for ratings and, and to keep the whole fear scenario going. And, you know, instead of... You know, for us, when we want to do an investigation, we want to, you know, see what's happening there. We want to see, you know, if there are people who, you know, a lot of times we get people asking for help. Yeah. When we're doing, say, a spirit box session or what have you. And, you know, unfortunately, it's not like we can sit here and say, yeah, we can help you. Like, that's the other thing. You know, it always happens on shows. We're mm -hmm. going to help these people cross over, right? Or cleanse this we're place. Make or... all of this stuff go away and magically in an hour. Mm-hmm they make all this stuff go away and never happens again right yeah you know the thing is you know you we physically can never say okay we're gonna help these spirits get where they need to go mm -hmm. and everything's gonna be all better we are there to listen 
Yeah. We are there to see if, is there any sort of thing we can find out that might help the people at the location understand mm. what's happening. That's our you goal know. with it all. Okay. Um, it's not to try and heal a place or to cure the issues that are existing. It's to try and help educate people on how to live with their paranormal activity right. in a safe environment. Um, there is a, you know, there is something to say of people taking ownership of their home if their home was haunted, and of putting out the energy out there that they want they want projected. But the idea that someone's going to come close a portal that exists in your home, right, or is going to come and banish all the the spirits out, um, you know, again, that's because they're operating under this illusion that all spirits are attached to a property. And are not free roaming, you know. Yeah. There are there are times where we're doing an essence method session, and the person actually hears knocking on a door as if someone wants to be let in. Right. And you know that probably is true. There's probably people who wander around the, the world, and they'll see a home where someone is particularly active or open. Right. And they're like, "Hey, let's pop in this place and see what's going on there." Yeah, exactly. You Especially know, if we're doing a, a session where. Right there, you're like opening a door. Yeah. And if it is energy based, you're you're using equipment that is energy based, and it's it just sort of kind of draws certain energy in like a beacon. Mm-hmm. You know, that to me is much more factual to an investigation on how it goes yeah. than you know what you normally will see on television. Like for for me personally, one of the shows I used to really love was when Adam and Amy. Um, their show Kindred Spirits initially was based on helping people maybe try and connect with their lost loved ones that maybe they're having a hard time dealing with their their passing and Mm -hmm. you know they would go to these people's homes or locations and you know try and see if they could make any sort of connection answer questions they may have had and just put them at ease which is to me like the the basis of a really good show yeah and it's since, you know, not that I, I don't like Amy and Adam. It's not like that at all. It's just their shows now are kind of based on going to, like, the infamous haunted locations again, mm-hmm. yeah. which is what most other shows do, yeah. you know. Um, some of these locations have been seen so many times. It's like, what new can we learn? I mean, I love Waverly. Don't be mm-hmm. wrong. I sure, love Waverly Hills. Definitely a bucket list. But, but so many people have gone there. And the thing is, so many shows want to have their own stamp on it, and so they'll have a different entity or different haunting aspect that they look at. And it's like, a location can only have so, so much, much going on yeah. before you go, okay, what about, you know, how about the place down the street that's just a person's home? Right. Is there any offshoot res- uh, residual haunting mm-hmm. stemming from Waverly kind of seeping into the surrounding area? Right, that would be more interesting to me than another episode on Waverly. Right, yeah. Not to say that I wouldn't want to still go to Waverly one day. Sure, of course. But do we need another, you know, uh, Hollywood production show mm-hmm. where we go and investigate Waverly again? Right. You know? Well, yeah, that's like what I mean. It's like to go from, like, trying to help families, mm-hmm. and then now we're going to all these, you know, forts and penitentiaries and asylums that we always see. At least, mm-hmm. at least mix it up a little bit. Yeah, at least I mean, have, like, one or two famous places, and then right. the majority be, you know, people's homes or right. apartments or, you know, personal buildings of some sort. Yeah. Um, that would make more sense to me. Yeah, I guess it would just be nice, maybe for me, like, it's to almost... You know, destigmatize the paranormal to where it's just, it's not always fear-based and scary. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, paranormal just means outside of the norm. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean terrifying. And yeah. that's kind of what we've equated it with in Hollywood and television and all these shows. Like if it's, you know, communication with the dead, mm-hmm. terrifying. Because I, I sit there and I think, okay, well, the dead were once living. These were once people. Even the you scratching know? thing. Yeah, um, well, just uh, very everyone, uh, like we said at the beginning of this, everyone thinks it's demon. Right. The thing that I've noticed when we're investigating on our own is that the p- spirits who recognize that we're trying to communicate with them, mm-hmm. they're desperate to be heard. Yeah. And I can imagine if you're confused, don't really understand what's happening around you, um, and you've seen people constantly and you're trying to talk to them and they can't hear you. What must that desperation feel like? Right. 
And I almost imagine when the scratches happen, everyone always wants to uh, assign it as a malicious thing. Of because, course. you know, I, and it's understandable at first for people who aren't well versed in the paranormal because it's a scary thing. Where did these scratches come from? Where did this right. bruise come from? But I almost imagine that they're so desperate to get your attention, they're reaching out for you and they're mm-hmm. trying to say, hey, I'm here. Right. And maybe in that, that desperation, their energy output goes into overdrive right and it accidentally comes out as a scratch or a bruise of some sort right i wouldn't want people to assume that i'm trying to attack them because of that you know know, if that was me i would just if i was me i would just be wanting to be heard right of course you know i have a personal experience that that kind of makes me think of that scenario because you know they say that when people are on their deathbed Mm -hmm. there's seeing things that we're not seeing right yeah they're seeing maybe loved ones that have already passed away um, other relatives some people say that they see something that they equate to be almost like death mm-hmm. you know um whatever it may be you know when my mom was about to pass away and i took care of her for her last night um she was very hallucinatory yeah um she was also heavily on morphine in hospice mm-hmm. um, at her home but she was seeing a lot of things there's a whole lot of things yeah. and really not coherent to me too much except there was a moment when she woke up and immediately and I was right by her side and you could tell she was looking past me seeing things mm-hmm. and she immediately grabbed my arm Mm-hmm. And she was very frail at this point, mm-hmm. not a strong person at all. But at that moment, it was like she had the strength of 10 men, mm-hmm. grabbed my arm really hard and wouldn't let go. And, you know, saying she was seeing certain things and I was trying to, you know, say, it's me, it's me, you know, and mm-hmm. let her know that it was me. And why are you grabbing my arm? And she just said, I don't know. I don't know. And wouldn't let go. And after that happened like she passed the next day Mm -hmm. i had multiple bruises all up and down my arm from her doing that yeah um i mean and they were there for a while because it was it was pretty hard that she grabbed me so i think about that when i hear of these scenarios of people who get you know touched or grabbed or what have you like you said you know is you know if they're on the other side especially and they don't understand Mm -hmm. that they're gone yeah. Um, when it's really fresh, you know what I mean? And they haven't really dealt with the fact that they're not here anymore. And they're seeing us maybe and don't realize why we can't see them. Mm-hmm. You know, they could be grabbing and reaching out for people. Like you said, an extra energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's what I would more think of when it comes to bruising or scratches. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, even we'll be doing a, a session and, you know, feeling our hair being pulled a little bit and what have you. Um I don't see that as aggression. No. At all. No. I see that as confusion. I think maybe that's the, the lesson <clears throat> we should take away from it, this whole discussion today that I think it's important for us to impart to you guys. And and again, this is more opinion-based. So if you have, you know, things you want discussed in the next podcast or want us to address or you maybe want to share with us, feel free to. Um, and we respect everyone's belief system. But for us... Like many aspects in life that I think is missing right now from a lot of different things, I think the key to the paranormal is to treat it with compassion over fear. Right. To treat it... There's there's a difference, I think, between being wary and cautious mm-hmm. over being afraid. Right. Because here's the thing. Just like in life, uh, a person who passes on... Um, if they were a mean person in life, they're to be a mean person in death, probably. Right. And the same goes for people who are good, though. There's a lot of good people who just aren't seen because the the mean people in the world are a lot louder and a lot more seen, sadly. Right. Than the people who are kind. And how often do you hear about acts of kindness as opposed to the latest outbursts in public or mm-hmm. shootings or? Just any number of things that are negative, you're always going to hear that first. Yeah. So, again, there's no, there's nothing wrong if you're not really well-versed in the paranormal with being cautious about something. But try and keep an open mind at the same time. Because 
you may you have no idea whether you're dealing with something that was born out of people's fear and is confused about what it is or you could be dealing with someone who's just very confused about where they are um i can't even begin to tell you the number of people who come through the spirit box asking for help and they can't articulate what they need help for right um there have been times where um, SS methods have led to vis- visualizations from the person doing the S's and they see all these people in a dark void of some sort. Right. Um, and if, they're, if these people don't know who, where they are or what's happened to them, that maybe be, they may be stuck in some place until they realize or they come to that realization. Right. We don't know. We don't have the answers. That's the, that's the point of the paranormal, of the supernatural. It's not to find the answers, it's to search for those answers. Right, I mean... And uh, to, to open your mind up to endless possibility. Right. You know, don't... If, if anything is taken away from this, please don't let Hollywood make you fearful of everything. Don't make Hollywood's productions lead you to assume that every bump in the night, every voice heard that comes from the air, you know, every knock on a, a window or door... Don't let all of those equal demon mm-hmm. or scary, scary, something evil. Let it be a uh, doorway to curiosity. Absolutely. Because you never know what kind of amazing experience you can have in the paranormal. Right. As a result of that openness. Cautious, but open. Right. Is a good thing in this world. Um, and acts of kindness can get you a lot farther than states of fear. There you go. I think that's a good way to end things. Yeah. Um, again, let us know if you have any personal stories, questions, comments, and um, we will be back soon for another episode. Yeah, we would actually love to do an entire episode where we discuss your stories, your personal stories. We'd love to get some fan questions um, or fan experiences. If you have a sp- spooky story to tell, you can send us either an audio clip or you can send us the story and we can read it out on the air for you on our podcast. So feel free to email us or to send us a direct message on, on our social media sites. All of those links are down in the description below. If you enjoyed this podcast and have not subscribed yet, please subscribe to the podcast. That would mean the world to us. And if you could give us a rating on uh, Apple Podcasts, that would be really great. Um, and we'd love to hear from you. So thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you very much, guys. My name is Anthony. I'm Christina. And this has been Phenomenon, a paranormal podcast. We will catch you next time for a brand new episode. See you later. You've been listening to Phenomenon, a paranormal podcast. My co-host Christina and I want to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Are you experiencing the paranormal? Have you seen a UFO in the sky? Do you think Bigfoot's digging around in your trash can at night? If you have a story to tell us, feel free to email us at the email in the description below. Or you can follow us and send us a message on our social media pages. And if you'd like to have your story featured on our podcast, we'd be happy to tell it. Either you can send in an audio recording of yourself telling the story... Or we can read the story for you as you have written it. Either way, we'd be happy to share your story. There's a lot of weird things in this world, and there are plenty of stories to be told. So don't forget, don't fear the unknown. Have a pleasant week, everyone.